I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, it is The Big Douglas Show. And from the UK in the co-host chair, we have Andy Burrows. Andy, how are you? Pleasure to be here as always, Doug, and try and talk some Washington football if we have a game. Do we not have a game? Haven't got a clue what's going on, but a pleasure to be here, my friend. And our special guest from the Team 980 is Kevin Sheehan. Kevin, thanks for coming on again. What's up, boys? How you doing? You're doing all right. Doing Kevin, good. I was thinking about this. You have been in the radio game for a long time and been in a lot of these different slots. Do you prefer one of them to the other? You're in the morning slot now. <laughs> you have a favorite time of the day you like to uh, be yes, on the radio. something not really early, which has been the deal for you know six years now. Um, I am definitely a, 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 a late-night dude. Like, I like watching games, and so getting up at 4 a.m., 4.15 a.m. for a morning show, it's a grind, but, you know, no, I'm not complaining. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'm not, I've, I've never, I, I, I'm an early morning person, but I'm also a late night person, which is a bad combination because you get to a certain point in your life and you actually need sleep. Sleep is a good thing. And I don't get enough of it. But who cares? Nobody cares what time I get up. That's the progressive commercial, you know. Nobody cares what time you get up. Kev, you can't go to evenings. I listen to it like midday for me. It's perfect. Don't change. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the podcast I do, I do, you know, mid-mornings, mid to late morning, depending on, um, you know, who's going to be on with me. And um, I do enjoy, I prefer working with somebody versus working by myself. I've always Mm -hmm. preferred a partner. So doing radio solo, I mean, I've got a producer, Brendan, who's great, and he's really a big sports fan, which helps. Um, uh, but I've always preferred working with somebody rather than solo. Hmm. Cooley, is Cooley still coming on now and then again with you? Every issue? now and then. And then yeah. I mean, I just talked to him yesterday. The issue is he's not watching football. Like, he know. has zero interest <laughs> right now. Like, I, I sent him a text on Monday. I said, did you watch the game? No. And then I talked to him two days ago. What's today? Thursday or t- uh, yesterday? And he's like, I-, "I have no interest. We're doing stuff. We're outdoors. And he's living in Wyoming, and he's having a blast. And he just doesn't care right now. Yeah. Um, so it's hard. To, like I love having him on because we could talk about you know anything for an hour and a half every day. But you know, people want to hear him talking about the team and the games, and he's just not watching them." Yeah, I have a vision of Cooley. What's Tom Hanks' film where he's stranded on the beach with a big beard? I have a vision of Cooley being. Yeah, yeah, I have a vision of Cooley being like that right now. Did you throw? Did you throw your hat into the ring when they started the broadcast crew? Was that something that interests you? Oh, the radio broadcast team. Yeah, that that Bram ended up, uh, you know, getting the job, which which he's great. I'm just, I was curious if you had thought about it. Yeah, they. uh, Yeah, we we talked very early on. You know. And then um, I, I love Bram and he's doing, a, he's really doing a good job. Yeah. And, um, you know, Bram's a pro and uh, that's what, you know, cause I, Bram's been a friend of mine forever. And I, 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 I'm glad they, I'm glad they gave it to Bram. You know, the, it's, I love doing play by play and I've done a lot of play by play over the years and that would have been a lot of fun to do. But at the same time, you know, I love doing my morning show and my podcast and, 
you know, there are a lot of different things involved in that gig. Um, and uh, anyway, yeah, uh, Bram, they're, Bram's doing a great job. No, they are. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yes, they are. All right, well, let's get it to really the game. Is, though. Like, yeah, no. I, and I talked to him, I don't know, maybe a month ago. And I'm not listening to the games a lot, to be fair. But I use a lot of the highlights on my radio show. And, you know, and the guy that's producing the games is a very good friend of mine. And, you know, he said the same thing, that Bram just keeps getting better and better. Because he had never really done a lot of play-by-play. You know, it wasn't right. something that he had done a lot of. But he's a first-class, you know, pro. He'll work at it. He's a, he's a broadcaster. He's a really good broadcaster. So, mm. anyway. You had just mentioned that the new rules apparently have come. We're talking about whether we're going to have a game on Sunday now. They have they're going to have to lighten the restrictions. They're they're going to have to. And I I think I heard maybe if you had all three shots to include the booster and you weren't you know showing symptoms that maybe you'd be able to play. Uh, I think only two people on that list have not been vaccinated. I, I may be wrong on that. I think you're right. Sweat and Fuller. Uh, and Cam Curl went on the list, and I don't think he's been vexed. Oh, I, you know what? I didn't know about Cam Curl because that just happened a little while ago. I knew yeah. he, I, I knew he was on the list. I didn't know if he was vaccinated or not. So, Somebody yeah. mentioned all you had to do was look at his timeline, et cetera, et cetera, to know where he stood on that. Yeah. So The people uh, on I, the beat really know because they know who's kind of forced to walk around with a mask on versus those who you know, aren't, and that usually is kind of the tell. What what else did it say on there? Do they were gonna? Do we have a chance to get most of the rest of them back? You think? Because I, I can't see them postponing this thing. I'd, I'd be stunned. Well, I mean, but Andy, just, they took it off the just, Sky Network, though, didn't they? Yeah. So the, the Washington game was due to be shown on TV over here in the UK um, on Sky Sports, and they pulled it today. They replaced us with the Steelers. So I'm I'm lucky enough. I get to watch. I have Game Pass, so I get to watch it on there. But yeah, a lot of Washington fans over here in the UK were like, well. I can't watch my team now, but the RTV network have basically said, look, if this game goes ahead, it's going to be a one-sided game. So we're not showing it. We're putting the Steelers on for some strange reason. So yeah, it's not being shown in the UK anymore. So do you prefer the 6 p.m. starts or the 9.25 starts? 6 p.m., Kev, man. 6 p.m. is perfect for me. I can still get some sleep. I detest, you guys call it Monday night football. I call it 1.30 Tuesday morning football because the game game finishes at like 5 a.m. and I go straight to work. I'm great, but I had a friend that lived in, um, in Maui for several years. And, you know, literally he would have to get up at 5 a.m. for the 1 Mm o'clock games. But when all the football was over, he had the rest of the day. You know, it was like perfect. Yeah, Um, that's I'm I'm uh, so jealous. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to read through the statement from the league in in great detail that just came out. But it looks like they're making it easier for asymptomatic, positive-tested players who are vaccinated to come back much faster. So you needed two negatives within a 24-hour period to be eligible if you were vaccinated. And now it would appear you only need one negative and a rapid test. But there's other very scientific medical, you know, stuff dealing with viral load and different things in terms of your positive tests that might even allow you to play even if you don't test negative um, with a positive test asymptomatic. So it appears as if the league's making it easier for players to come back especially those that aren't sick. Mm. 
Yeah. If if the if all things even, and it, it doesn't seem like it'll be that way, you the, the Washington has the better roster, but I've been surprised the Eagles have played well this year. Like I really thought that Eagles team was a three-win team. They've been better than that. Do you think Herds is the answer for them? You like Herds? Well, I mean, first of all, I don't know that we have a better roster. I think they've got a pretty decent roster. They're the number one rush offense in the NFL. I do like Hurts, and I'm probably in the minority on Hurts. And it sounds like they're splitting reps, Hurts and, and Minshew, as of today anyway. Because Minshew so, is not the guy. <laughs> yeah, he had a great game in their last game. And there were some games in Jacksonville where I thought he, you know, looked the part. I think I had Jay Gruden on the podcast a couple of months ago, and I asked him about Gardner, and he's like, he almost described Gardner Minshew the way, like, uh, Rivera describes Taylor Heineke. Like, a gamer, you know, able to make a lot of plays, but still, you know, a work in progress kind of a thing. But anyway, um, yeah, I uh, I think Philadelphia's – I thought before the season started that the division was like, you know, Dallas maybe. And I, I thought Washington, Philadelphia, and the Giants were kind of the same. Nothing was going to surprise me. And the Giants obviously stink. Um, Philly, I think, is better than most people think. In fact, if you look at their schedule the rest of the way, this game's massive. If they get this game against a depleted Washington team, even if Washington gets some players back with these new rules, um, they're in good shape to be a wild card team. They have the Giants. They have us again. And then they'll play the Cowboys at home in the final game of the year. And Dallas may not have anything to play for when you get to that game. Um, I think it's a really tough matchup. You know, fully healthy, I think it would be a really tough matchup. Plus, you're playing there, and it's going to be really the first legit road game they've had in in a month or so. Because that game in Vegas was there were a lot of Skins fans there. Yeah, they were. The Charlotte, the Charlotte game wasn't you know a, a hostile environment by any stretch of the imagination. Lambo was probably the last time, but. You know, Philly fans are probably going to be into this with a chance to make the postseason. You know, it was, I think it was going to be a tough game, fully healthy. Um, but I don't know; these division games you can never predict. Mm. Kev, how do you think we now approach this um, this game? Obviously, do we dumb it down a little bit for play calling because of the personnel we've got, or, in my opinion, just go for it? What have you got to lose? Everyone's expecting us to maybe go in with a depleted team, which it looks like we might do, albeit we might have a few players back but how would you approach this game if you were Ron Rivera we don't know what's going to happen you assume the worst um, you got to go for it it's too big of a game you're going to more likely than not have your starting quarterback you're going to have your starting running back it's possible that Terry McLaurin's back that concussion that's a big injury right you'll have um, you know a couple of your tight ends You'll be missing an offensive lineman. You're still going to have the ability, potentially, I guess you're going to be on your fifth-string center at this point, unless Brandon Sheriff <laughs> comes over and plays center. But, um, you know, the, the formula is still there, even if you're depleted with an offense that somehow is able to move the football, control the football, keep it away from Philly, and score a little bit. I think defensively, man, you don't have any defensive tackles right now, and you're mm. facing – you know, you basically are down seven of your, your you know, defensive linemen. Who knows who's going to suit up? You know, hopefully Duran stays healthy or stays negative and isn't an issue. 
because right now you're without John Allen, without Matt Ioannidis, without Tim Settle, you know, without, you know, all of the defensive ends that are missing. And that's the number one rush offense in the NFL. They've gashed some really good defensive football teams like New Orleans. You know, I think they ran like 50 times for 250 yards against the Saints, you know, defense. So um, that would be the biggest concern, you know, without a healthy defense, uh, can you really stop them from just gashing you? So the, the formula or the opportunity would be when you have the ball offensively, Heineke and company, they're going to have to play the games of their lives. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Historically, assuming for a second they win on Sunday, where does that win? Like, how big of a win does that sit, like, on Ron Rivera's resume? Or we're just in the history of the team where where it's good because it would be an incredible win. Well, I mean, if they go in there with 21 players on COVID that can't play, along with all the other injuries, you know, like, Let's say McLaurin can't play. J.D. McKissick can't play. Um, who am I even forgetting? Uh, Curtis Samuel can't play, et cetera. It would, be, it would be equivalent to when they went to Dallas with all their scabs in 1987. And played the Cowboys. <laughs> I was about to say that. Starters, and they made a movie about it, you know, called The Replacements. So it would be up there. I mean, I, I, I checked before I jumped on with you guys. Philadelphia right now is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in the game. So they've gone wow. from a three and a half point favorite right when all the games ended on Sunday to now a nine and a half point favorite because of the expectation that Washington so depleted. Well, and we, we were talking, we had Chris Long on yesterday and he's partnered up with WinBet, and he said, those guys have taken it off the board. You can't, a lot you of people have. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're probably, you're probably happy at nine and a half, which is, which is insane. What's the over under on that game? Low, I think it's like 43, 44, something like that. And the, and the Cleveland game is a problem, too, which is Saturday's game because of all the players they have out in their coaching staff. And um, the other one is the Rams. The Rams have been hit hard this week. So you've got three games right now as we speak that are really potentially compromised. But, again, the league, I think, and I haven't read through all the details, but maybe they made it a little bit easier to get some of these players back in time for kickoff, the, the 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 downside is you haven't had them in practice all week. You know, and coaches mm. will say right. that that's a major disadvantage as well. Thank Jack you. Del Rio did say today that he thinks Montez, if he's you know eligible from a COVID standpoint, could actually play on Sunday. Now that's that's pretty surprising given that he has not practiced for a month and a half. But mm. still, they could use him if he's if he's right. able to play. Yeah, I'd rather have a Montez Sweat that hasn't played for a month and a half than some guy that needs to do a paper round. But um, Kev, how do you um, if I if you could covering this team for many many years, how have you how have you found this whole process? I mean, if you could go back like two, three, four years, if I told you we'd be sitting here talking about injections and co and having to get these tests to play football, you would have thought I was crazy. I mean, how have you found this in the media? You must get. I'm I sit down at work all day. I'm out on the road and I, I'm just had enough of hearing about COVID. For someone that's covered football his whole life, you must be sick and tired of talking about it. Yeah, I mean, like just talking about this team with everything that, you know, has been, um, you know, associated with this team for so long. I mean, I like I've, I've said so many times before, I like talking about games, not names. You know, it's like mm -hmm. it just seems like it's been, um, you know, a post story here. The, you know, all of the 
DEA agents raiding the facility, you know, three months ago. It's just always something. Uh, I think, you know, the COVID thing, obviously, would never have entered any of our minds. Um, mm. But I always, uh, I always think about, you know, friends of mine, when we talk about, like, the good old days. Like, they seem so far removed. But if somebody had said to any of us 20 years ago, you know, in 20 years you're basically going to have a 60,000 seat stadium that is never full. And when it is even remotely full, it's with all of the opponents fans. And, you know, most of the people that used to be hardcore aren't anymore. That's just beyond like, there's no chance that I would have believed anybody that would have told me that it was such a big part of our lives for so long um, and I think that part of it for certain fans, longtime fans, and I would put myself into that category. I think it's not, the passion isn't nearly as strong as it was. Um, what Snyder's done in the last 22 years is almost impossible. He took one of the best fan bases, most passionate, rabid fan bases in sports, one of the biggest brands in sports, and he basically chased half the people away. And He's done none of it right. He's I mean, done none of it right. Amazing. Like I always say, it's a perfect case study for like, you know, Harvard Business School or Wharton to just look at this football team and what this owner's done to it for two decades as, hey, this is how not to own a sports franchise, <laughs> you know, in the U.S. You can't do it this way. Um, you know, you guys know what this fan base was. I mean, it was crazy. And now... Yeah. Last Sunday was the first time I felt any kind of juice, legitimate juice, for a game in a long time. Like, to me, it was a bigger buildup to Sunday than even the playoff game last year. Now, that, mm. that was a weird year, right? COVID-19. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, so, so they need a lot of those things. And then, by the way, they've got to deliver and they've got to win them. Yeah, I bet that juice soon went after about 10 minutes of the first quarter. Yeah. The juice Wait. was was roll was just coursing our veins up until about one fifteen p.m. And then it was, over. <laughs> was that a one-off last week? You think you think there were you think they're closer to the four four in a row team than that team that showed up last week? Say that again, Doug. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I said, do you think they're closer to the team that won four in a row than they are no. to the team that lost to Dallas last week? It's a good question. I mean. I think the team that won four in a row really, you know, had this formula that is tried and true, but it's also, you know, a coin flip game a lot of the times. And that's what those four games were, right? I mean, the Oakland game, not the Oakland game, the Vegas game, I mean, he threw it right to the other team on that final drive. I mean, the kid from TCU, Morig, just dropped it. I mean, that was a terrible throw that would have been game over and the narrative would have been a little bit different but at the same time they really played smart disciplined football and I do think they're capable of playing that kind of football so my answer to you is I think it just got away from them the game got wrecked at the line of scrimmage by Dallas defensively Micah Parsons Randy Gregory you know etc and I, I think that they might be closer to what we saw during that four-game win streak, even though I don't know that it will ultimately result in another win streak. I just think it will result in them being more competitive in the rest of their games, assuming they've got their players, um, than they were on Sunday. Because that game, 
27-20 was not really a reflection of how they got dominated. No, it was not. Yeah, no, it was not. How important is Sunday, Kev? Do you think this, no matter what, is is is, is it make or break for Washington? Um, lose this game, season done, win this game. We're still in a hunt. I mean, we're still at the seventh seed at the minute. We could still potentially still be playing meaningful football in January. But do you think COVID, like a lot of fans are saying, COVID could scupper this uh, this opportunity for the for the Washington football team? See, they got to win three. If they win mm. three, they're a lock to be the seventh seed. So that, that makes Sunday not, you know, must win. Obviously, mm -hmm. it'd be nice to get one of the three Sunday against the Eagles because that's a team you're in competition with for the seventh seed. But, you know, if you do the, the playoff math, if they can win three of their final four, it's a lock they're in. If they win two of their final four, they still have a chance. You know, they're not out of it. Um, uh, you know, eight and nine could get them in. Their conference record is going to be a real strength for them in the, you know, in tiebreakers, multi-team tiebreakers, they would lose a tiebreaker to New Orleans if New Orleans was there with them head to head because they lost to the Saints. But you got to figure out how to win three out of four, you know. And the next two, you know, at Philly, at Dallas, it means you got to get one of them if you're going to mm -hmm. win three out of four, you know. And then you yeah. got Philly at home and the Giants on the road to end the season. That looks a little bit more doable. Um, but you got to figure out how to get one of the next two on the road. And, um, you know, I'm not one of those people that saw the game last week and thinks, well, they will have no chance at Dallas. It's, you know, these games are weird, you know, and these division games change like the second go around. Uh, but I, I think they'll be competitive the rest of the way. But it all depends now, you know, based on COVID. Yeah. It's, it's all based on them having a team, you know, the thing. Of course. Yeah. Kevin, let's take just a couple seconds for a minute before we let you get out of here. Uh, talk some basketball. Uh, will the Maryland fans be, you know, was that the right move to make or you be careful what you wish for when with the ouster of the coach there at the University of Maryland? Well, I mean, I, I, I very much was an advocate for extending Mark Turgeon at the end of last year. Um, I... I don't think I know he's a good basketball coach. I talk to basketball people, and, you know, and they all and coaches, and they always say you got a really good coach. Now, at the same time, it's not unreasonable for any Maryland fan to say one Sweet Sixteen in ten years wasn't good enough. Maryland basketball should be better than one Sweet Sixteen in ten years. And as a lifelong fan and as an alum, I want better results in March. You know, and that's. I mean, that's the mic drop for anybody that says it was time to move on for, from, from Mark Turgeon. It's, we had one sweet 16 in 10 years. It's not good enough. And I can't disagree with that. With that said, his best team two years ago, a team that was capable of making a Final Four run, didn't get to play because of COVID. You know, they canceled the tournament. And last year's team, which was supposed to be a rebuilding year, they way overachieved. You know, they, they got to the tournament. They won a game. He's finished in the top 10 of the Big Ten, uh, in the top three of the Big Ten four times. He's won more games in the Big Ten in his seven years than anybody other than Tom Izzo and Matt Painter. He's a good coach, but yeah. I'm, I'm not against those people that say, but the results weren't good enough. Let's try something new. So, you know, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks now. He's gone. And so they'll That's be in the... They'll be in the mode of looking for somebody, and it's a big-time job. I mean, Maryland basketball isn't where it was, you know, for, for that stretch when they were, you know, legitimately a top 10, top 12 kind of program under Gary Williams. 
Um, but it has the potential to be that, which is why it's a really good job and they'll be able to get somebody good, I think. And, la- and last one, uh, are the Wizards closer to the team we saw in the first 15 games or this team that we've seen in the last 15 games? I wish they're not the same team. Like I can't tell which one is which. Yeah, I wish it were the first 15 because I really <laughs> want that team to be good. So good. Um, I, think, I think that's the thing in town. If they were ever legitimately like upper tier NBA, this town would go nuts over it. Um, but I knew watching it early on, I'm like, you know, they're playing well. They're playing better defense. They've got a good head coach that emphasizes defense. God, man, and there were some teams that were just shooting horribly against them. Um, but uh, I'm afraid we're headed towards the end of Bradley Beal before the trade deadline in February. I, I Something's not right with that team right now. And I'm getting the vibe that Brad may have made up his mind that he's not going to resign here. And if that's true, and I don't know, I don't know anything for sure. If that's true, then they've got to deal him, and they've got to try to get as much as they can for him by the trade deadline. And you know, the good news is Tommy Shepard's proven in a short period of time that yeah. they can cut a good deal. You know, so I. But this would be the biggest deal for him to see what he could get back for, you know, a legitimate elite NBA scorer uh, in, in Beal. But I hope I'm I – I shouldn't say I hope I'm wrong. I don't know what I, I'm hoping about them. I'd like him to be a part of a really good team, but I've also felt for several years that if he's your, your best player, you're not going to win a championship. He's got to be your second best player. You know, best case if you're going to win a championship. And um, – that is the goal of the NBA. It's pretty hard to compete for one. Kevin, thank you for your time, man. We always appreciate it when you come on the show. My pleasure, guys. Good to see you. Good to see you, Kev. Take care, my friend. Bye, bye, bye guys. Thanks, man. Andy, we can still we can still do something tomorrow if you want. Yeah, you might have to, man. I'm not sure the audio and everything. Yeah, it's up to you, bro. Just give me a shout tomorrow, man. Okay. All right, brother. Take care, man. You too. Cool, brother.